The opinions presented on The Healthy Steps Show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and resolute listeners of the Healthy Steps Radio Show, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. A Monday morning without you is a lonesome walk indeed. So let's draw back the curtain and start the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. You're encouraged to participate today by calling 813-239-9663 or sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, Dr. Harvey, where are we going with the show today? Well, Bill, we're going to follow up on the consciousness thread that I've been working on and um, follow through with uh, some more energy um, work because it's all about frequency. And my guest today is Steve Comer. <clears throat> He's um, an interpersonal psycho neurobiology practitioner. Say those syllables fast. Um, <laughs> he's a brain health trainer, a meditation teacher, an educator, and a corporate consultant <clears throat> for one of my uh, uh, favorite people on the planet. He works with NeuroChange Solutions by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He and his wife founded here in Sarasota the Aware House. A warehouse is a functional well-being center that provides holistic health services focused on brain health, nervous system optimization, and emotional balance for individuals and organizations. Welcome, Steve. Thank you so much, Fred. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Glad to have you here. Um, Steve was originally trained as a chiropractor, and he has been inspiring audiences across the world through his and his wife's work at university. That's Y-O-University. And um, he's worked with um, um, many different approaches, including heart math and um, the Joe Dispenza consciousness work. And currently, he's been really spending some time using microcurrent neurofeedback. And I want to hear more about that and how brain health... Um, really is the source of all of our health. That's a great place to start. And I'll actually, uh, I'll mention something that Dr. Joe Dispenza says. He says in his meditations and a lot of his education, he says we want to get to a place where we can allow our body to respond to a new mind. Well, first we have to have a new mind. We have to have an intention, right? We have to be clear on the direction that we're going. But then what I have observed over my years of working with people and working with different groups is that a lot of times our physiology gets stuck. So that's where this uh, neurofeedback, this microcurrent neurofeedback came into my awareness is because I was asking the question, well, how can we create more safety in the body and how can we support the brain to get out of these stuck patterns so that the brain then can respond to that new mind and the body will follow that. So that's kind of the, the space and the intention of, of where this neurofeedback came into the equation. Yeah, it's a really good point. You know, we get stuck. Um, and I think a really good illustration of it, everybody has experienced an earworm, I'm sure. You know, that little ditty that you can't get out of your head all freaking day long and it keeps showing up and showing up. Well, that's a loop. You got this feedback loop that just doesn't want to go. And usually those little ditties are associated with some pleasant memory, but quite often we're stuck in the ones that trigger the unpleasant feelings. 
Exactly. And there will be a brainwave state that is associated with that stuck thought process, right? And usually the brainwaves are speeding up into a higher analytical state. You can actually see that uh, through the neurofeedback. You'll see that into mid-beta, high-beta brainwave states. And usually this is where we flooding our system with uh, adrenaline, cortisol, stress hormones. It's all part of the equation where our body's gone into this hyper um, vigilance, if you will. Yeah, let's talk more about those frequencies because that's again we're, we're back to that frequency the energy w what about our brainwaves let's do a little bit more detail on what's beta what are these other ones well the big thing to, to realize is that as our brainwaves speed up we go into more of a survival mode so when we talk about beta those are your higher brainwave states but you can actually break down beta as low beta mid beta and high beta if you go slower than beta then you get into an alpha state even slower, then you get into a theta state. This is the state that's associated with hypnosis. And then if you slow down the brainwaves even more, you get into delta, which most of us know that's, uh, you know, when we're in a deep sleep state. Yeah, yeah. And and so the beta, I use um, a little mnemonic busy. The beta brain is a busy brain. And if you have a busy brain, you're not able to actually get deeper and feel what your body's talking about, right? Correct. And it's important also to know that none of these states are bad or wrong. It's necessary sometimes to be in that high beta state. If I have a tiger, you know, entering my living room, that would be an appropriate healthy response. <laughs> that <laughs> might even get us to gamma. <laughs> it, it might. And that, that's also an important part of the equation is it's one thing to slow the brainwaves down, but we also want to increase the coherence of the brainwave states. Because as the brains speed up, the brainwaves speed up, they get more compartmentalized they get more disconnected from each other. So as we slow the brain waves down, which is what we're doing in a meditative state or a state of uh, hypnosis, or, uh, you know, you've probably heard of theta healing, all of it has the same fundamental premise. It's just helping you to get a more coherent state so that those uh, compartments, behavioral centers of the brain, those neural circuits can start communicating at a, a more functional level. So when we have a disease, we're actually getting signals of stress, of threat that can actually push us into that beta state because we're actually trying to flee from the pain that we're experiencing. Is that a pretty good analysis or an analogy there? It's a great analysis. I mean, it is a scientific fact that if we're stuck in these high beta states flooding our system with cortisol and adrenaline, the organism cannot sustain that long term. Short term, we are designed to recover from that. But if we have lost our ability to slow the brainwaves down, right? And usually that's due to some type of trauma of some sort, or just being in a very stressful environment, long period of time. If we lose our capacity to slow the brainwaves down, then absolutely, we'll be stuck in a state where we tend to create these disease processes. And you made a really good connection there. You said that when we're in this busy brain, this beta brain, and, and we're living in a kind of a stress situation, the body reflects that. So we actually have manifestation of physical changes when we have the beta brain. So we see an elevation in adrenaline, which makes us more hyper. And we see an elevation in cortisol, which makes us crave carbohydrates, which is one of the problems many people experience today in trying to lose weight. They're stressed out. They crave carbohydrates. It's just what our body does. So it's a real trouble to actually get out of that cycle. There are ways to do it though, right, Steve? That's an excellent point. Yes, there are absolutely. And so one of the, the primary things that I'm educating people about and helping them develop skills is how to slow these brain waves down. 
if we can learn that skill and it is a skill and you get better with it with practice this is so important for people to understand because people think oh i'm just not good at that no it's a it's about you learning how to develop a greater ability to do that because once you do that and you have confidence in that you don't get stressed out about even being in a stressful situation because you know that you'll be able to regulate your system but first you have to recognize that the system is dysregulated so that you can start to regulate it yeah, you know, after um, you you learn to ride the bike, you're a lot more confident. You kind of never forget how to ride that bike unless you have a brain injury, which may disrupt actual anatomic circuitry on a real physical memory level. But otherwise, you're confident and more confident every time you get on the bike or behind the wheel of the car or when you sit in a chair and meditate. Yeah, you make an excellent point, Fred. A lot of times the brain injury obviously does disrupt the capacity or the ability to slow those brain waves down. And what I've observed is that emotional trauma, uh, childhood trauma, adverse childhood experiences can have a very similar effect on the brain because the brain develops differently if we grow up in a hostile environment where there's a continuous source of stress, right? So this is where the neurofeedback can be kind of an intervention to support the detoxification and, and recognizing these brainwave patterns that we're stuck in, it gives a little uh, very, very gentle micro pulse of electricity to stimulate the brain out of those dysfunctional patterns. So I've seen it work hand in hand. Okay, you're learning the skill on this side, but you're also supporting the brain in being able to make those shifts, being more neuroplastic, the, the neurons are functioning at a higher level. So that's also part of the equation. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jelani Nichols and I were talking about that early life influence on the way we interface with other people, with our whole environment. And it's so important to have interventions early as possible. And that's why what Jelani Nichols and his mother are doing with the motivating the teen spirit work is just so important because, it, you know, you start working in teen life to develop a, uh, a very functional adult. But um, so neurofeedback is something you could use any time of life, right? Correct. Absolutely. It is so safe. And this is something I researched for years because I was introduced to it when I was working with clients who had brain trauma. And I was up at the Amen Clinic in Atlanta and I started asking about it because in my research and my training, I knew that neurofeedback was this, this, you know, could be this great intervention. So I started asking around and the feedback I was getting, well, there's this new microcurrent neurofeedback, IASIS microcurrent neurofeedback, they were telling me about, and we're seeing people get results much quicker um, with much less side effects. So that piqued my interest, and I did research for years before I actually went down that road. So I had to feel confident that it was a very safe intervention so that we could apply it no matter how old you are, no matter what you're going through. It just supports us in you know making that, that process, that progress. Yeah, it's so important. And um, um, so the the way that um, um, these things work um, is there's there's all kinds of different ways to do it. You can use external feedback and you can use internal meditation. Um, but um, when we have uh, outside input, it's a it's a different thing. And honestly, this this show is about outside input. So I just want to remind people that we're on WMNF eighty eight point five Tampa. Oh, that's just the half of it, Doctor Harvey. If y'all are just tuning on in, you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And his topic today is frequency and healing, and his special guest is Steve Comer. 
and you're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Greg's in the booth waiting for your calls. You can also send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or continue texting us at 813-433-0885. Back to you, Doc. So, Steve, tell me, um, can you give more um, um, detail about what happens early in life to the brain when we get these emotional or physical traumas? Yeah, you know, I first, um, so when I was in chiropractic school, one of the books I read that had a huge impact on me was Bruce Lipton's The Biology of Belief. And in there, he, he goes in and he talks about how uh, our genes express themselves in specific ways based on that early childhood environment. And that begins in the womb, as you can imagine. So it's our mother's perception and it's how her body is interpreting her perception and translating that into chemistry that starts to influence how our body is developing, how our brain and our nervous system are developing. So our genes start to express themselves based on optimizing its chance for survival in this environment that it's going to be entering into. So if that's a loving environment, what the research suggests is that we have a stronger connection with our frontal lobes and the frontal lobes is a center of the brain that allows us to be more intentional. It allows us to learn from our mistakes. It allows us to set goals, to have dreams, et cetera, right? So if we have less connection to that part of our brain because we are perceiving that it's a stressful environment, then we, again, we go into that fight or flight response. So our genes express differently. Our brain organizes itself differently. Our nervous system is, is organized also in a very, you know, hypersensitive state. This is where you get a lot of uh, nervous systems that they don't know what safety or security is. They, they never learned how to soothe themselves because the mother was probably traumatized and she didn't know how to soothe her own system. And, and then this is how the patterns repeat. Exactly. Um, and, and take to put it this way, but the sins of our fathers, um, tend to pass down generationally. And so we do see, um, family trauma that persists, even if the trauma didn't happen in this generation, the behaviors that occur from it keep going. But the best part of this is we can interrupt these cycles and there's so many ways to do it. Um, I think that, um, I, I'm a big meditation fan and, and, um, so I think the, the most direct way we have to deal with this is by going inside ourselves, but most people don't feel comfortable. So talk about how we use meditation to start changing from the reactive brain, which is what was just described, to the critical thinking aware brain. So one thing I always say is, is it's not our fault that we're screwed up, but it is our fault if we stay screwed up. Right. So this is where meditation becomes this intervention where we learn how to regulate our own nervous system, because in a perfect world, our nervous system would learn how to regulate and soothe itself through our mother. She would have that skill set and she would be present with us consistently in such a way that our nervous system would learn that from her. If that doesn't happen, then it becomes our responsibility to teach our nervous system how to go into safety, how to regulate, how to soothe. And this is where meditation can be such a powerful way of approaching that. Because if you can learn how to just go into observation and just be present with whatever shows up, now you're creating a different framework with which you can approach the future from. And so how does, well, actually, you know, we have some callers. Um, Let's yeah. talk with some people. Got a couple sure. lined down up. I've got Paul and Tony, so let's go to Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Hi, Paul. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> I don't really have a question. I have more of a story. My uh, stepson was 20-year veteran of the United States Army, 
and he was on leave, and he crashed on his motorcycle, and he said, I have TBI. And uh, when he first <clears throat> got it, it was horrendous. I mean, it was four months straight in the hospital. <clears throat> but then, uh, excuse me, then he got out, and he was at our house, and we, he lives with us now. And uh, the VA gives up after one year. They just flat out give up. They still give care, but they give up. They, they just say that if he still has a TBI, he's not going to make it. Or he's not going to, you know, get much better. So in the in the course of four years, when he started at our house, he couldn't walk. He was totally incontinent. He could he could eat, but he couldn't, you know, do any anything. He just sat in a chair in a wheelchair, and it's been four years now. We've taken him off. He started out with twelve medications. He's down to five, and he can walk and fly a drone. And that's wonderful. Not, and he's not incontinent at all. So don't give up. That's right. That's right, Paul. Um, the brain is plastic, and we have many, many studies that show that even after traumatic brain injury and after stroke, we can actually train the brain to do things that we thought it never could. Unfortunately, you know, Western medicine has a lot of pessimism because they don't have a pill to do that. They don't realize that the human body can do it on its own. Yep. I mean, I'm just, I'm tickled. It's amazing. You know, I could take him out to a restaurant right now and nobody would know that he had a brain injury. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that story, Paul. It's beautiful. I guess I'm kind of saying just don't give up if you have a, a relative or a person that's had a TBI. Yeah. It, it, it can't change. Like I said, they, they, just, they just give up. The VA just gives up. They just stop. Yes. They, they, won't even, you know, they won't even take them into, you know, they used to have like a 20-day thing where they take them in work with them and stuff, but they, they just flat out give up. You know, most, so. most private insurance, Medicare, VA, they're all illness-based. And once they see that there's no progress going as rapidly as they would want, they stop covering the therapy. But um, I know that Steve has experience working with TBI um, and uh, has had has seen some really amazing things happen. Yeah, I mean, you, you can never lose your hope because the brain and the nervous system, they are so plastic. There is so much potential there. You just have to be understand how it works, right? Neurons that fire together, wire together. Where we put our attention, this puts the energy into motion. And when we are consistent about that, our bodies will reprogram. They will rewire themselves. But we have to create that environment for the optimal way that it can do that. Agreed. I bet you in four more years that he'll be able to get his own house. <clears throat> I don't doubt it. That will be great. Um, keep doing the consciousness work. If he's not actually working on meditation, I think it's time to actually step into it because that could take him to the next level. Okay. That's great. Any uh, book I should get? Um, actually, um, Steve, why don't you talk about Joe D? Well, Joe Dispenza would be a great place to start. He has an incredible book, uh, Changing the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, I also would recommend Norman Deutsch, The Brain That Changes Itself, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Yeah, incredible book. Um, and that's actually where the NCS program comes from, the NeuroChange Solution Program. So in corporate trainings, we're literally helping the organizations digest that book just by principle by principle so that they can literally change the organization, the culture of the organization from the inside out. So when you start to understand these dynamics, they directly translate to that that organization or the community, which is so powerful. And it's amazing to, to see that as well. What was your author's name on that one? What was, what was the author's name? That was Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Joe Dispenza? 
Yeah, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. His, that, and that's actually the book that is the, it's the sequel to um, Evolve Your Brain, which is the first book that he ever wrote. So if you really want to take a deep dive, start with Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and then go back and read Evolve Your Brain. It will give you a, a more of a scientific foundation on, on the how-to. Okay. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, guys. You bet. You're welcome, Thank Paul. You. Thank you for sharing. Tony, I think, is on the line. Well, he was just a second ago. So I've got nobody here at the moment. Oh. It's gone dark. So I'm back to you there, doctor. And Steve. Very good. Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your training with Dr. Dispenza? Yeah, what an amazing experience. Um, as you know, uh, Fred, this guy is changing some things that in, a, in a big way. So oh, yeah. it wasn't that long ago he had 7,000 people introducing them to meditation, what meditation is in uh, Switzerland. Um, so it's, it's, it's reaching kind of this critical mass. And the big idea here, guys, is that we, as we learn how to kind of expand and, and create more of a divergent focus, get out of that analysis where our brains get stuck and where we start to dissociate and we start to compartmentalize. If we learn how to soften our focus, if we really learn how to slow the brainwaves down, shift gears into that more coherent alpha state, we get beyond the analytical state. And in, when we do wait, that... Wait, wait, before you go there, why yeah. do you want to get... The reason I see that we want to get out of the analytical state is it's in that state is where we are most critical of ourselves, where we generate the negative ideas, the negative thoughts, the ones that hold us back, the I can't, the I won't, it isn't, that kind of thing. And we, that's what we need to break from analysis because we usually look down into the minuscule, ridiculously unimportant pieces of our lives and attach value to it and make it negative. Well, you're right. I mean, when we get stuck, and this is the other part of it, because when we're in those hyperanalytical states, the chemistry is stress chemistry, and that chemistry is very addictive. So then we can get stuck perceiving that everything is a threat. I mean, there's no official declaration like COVID was over. So how many of us are still somewhere in our subconscious <laughs> thinking that everybody is a potential threat? They could be carrying a virus that is deadly, right? We never got out of it. Right. So this is so important because if we don't understand that we can shift the brain waves and slow them down into more awareness, because it is a spectrum speed up, we go into more analysis, slow down, we go into more observation, which creates the space for more awareness. And awareness is the only place in that you, place that you can make any changes from. If you're in a state of survival, it's not the time to create. It's not the time to, you know, build a business, write a book, right? We want to slow things down, shift gears so that now the body can heal and recover. And now we can start looking at what we want our life to look like rather than being stuck in the hamster wheel of what our life has looked like based on past reference points. So analysis versus awareness, stress versus comfort, uh, survival versus thrival. We can shift into a better frequency because thrival is a high frequency place. It's joy. Joy is a much higher place to be than fear. And so it's such a transformation once you feel the difference. And I think we need to actually remind people that they have an opportunity to get more information to feel the difference. This is WMNF 88.5 Tampa. Yes, and we do have a new caller just creeped on in. There's Margo from Tarpon Springs. But I want to remind folks that you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey on WMNF Tampa. And his topic today is frequency and healing with the guest Steve Comer. And we want you to give us a call at 
239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org and you can text us at 813-239, well, let's do 813-433-0885 and let's welcome Margo to the show. Good morning, Margo. Hi. Good morning, Hello. everyone. My question, this is a great show because I'm about meditation and expanding your mind and your brain and healing from past trauma. I want your thoughts on, like, using other items like ayahuasca or mushrooms to continue that healing process. What are your thoughts on using those items for continuously expanding your mind? You want me to take that one, Fred? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So a lot of these uh, psychedelic interventions definitely have their role. They definitely have their place. But for me, um, I like to create the space where my brain releases those chemicals naturally. <laughs> then I'm not opening myself up to the side effects because anything that's going to come outside it's a little bit, there is some risk involved, right? Mm -hmm. But there is and can be tremendous value if you create the right setting. If you've done your research, you've done your, your, you know, your homework, you have the therapist. So set and setting is so important. Mm -hmm. You have the right intention going into it. Um, it can be a transformational experience. Why it's so transformational is it helps you realize and experience that you are not just the patterns and the neurological networks that have been conditioned by your past. You realize you're bigger than that. But that's the same experience you can have through meditation. Okay, so um, just continue on with the meditation and achieve that higher level of consciousness naturally instead of... Because, you know, that's the big thing now. Everyone's going to Costa Rica to Arrhythmia mm -hmm. to experience the ayahuasca Yes. And I, I was like, well, you know, a lot of people are testifying that that's really helped them, um, you know, kind of deal with their trauma. Mm -hmm. It really has, Margot, and, and there's really good evidence. Johns Hopkins uh, Psychedelic Research Center has done some great work, and they do exactly what Steve said. People go in with intention, they have a controlled environment, they have therapists handy. It's a really um, very therapeutic environment. <clears throat> there's a place here I heard about in Orlando that's more like a crack trap house where they just throw people on mattresses in the corner and hope that they make it out of the house okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, when it's done right, it's appropriate therapy. But um, I think that most people can access this kind of stuff through going inside and doing meditation. It just takes a long time. I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. And it's, it's only recently by adding really specific techniques like Joe Dispenza and um, the Silva uh, method. These are very structured and, and very purposeful techniques for opening up you to those higher uh, access areas. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for your input. You're so welcome. welcome. And thank you, Margo. And let's go to... Uh, all right. And you too. Well, we just lost David, so let me take this opportunity to remind folks that you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show here on WMNF Tampa. 
and you're encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663 and engage in the conversation regarding frequency and healing with Steve Comer today. And you can send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. And back to the dynamic duo there. This is a great show. Thank you. Hey, um, I wanted to ask uh, what um, you have um, um, an approach here. And we just discussed how um, um, it's, it's better to go inside. Yeah. and not use like external chemicals but you have a whole uh, uh interventional area where you use heart math which has external input but not yeah. necessarily you know chemical we're not adding things to the body but we're analyzing and and then your microcurrent neurofeedback so these are external sources but they right. they're a different kind of approach than using a psychedelic chemical uh, why don't you talk about how um, the the heart math and neurofeedback come in to helping people make this transition? It's a, it's a great question, Fred. So first of all, I want to say that the research is very clear on this, that the cells of the body are 100 times more responsive to energy than they are to chemistry. Okay? So one of the questions that has guided my work for the last 20 years is how do we become aware of what we're not aware of? Because again, only when we are aware of something, can we change that something? If we don't have awareness of it, what are we going to do with it? We're just going to keep going through the motions. The heart math is a tool that helps you actually take a look inside your nervous system at how functional, how adaptable, and how coherent it is through heart rate variability. Now, the magic here is it's like you're opening up the hood and you're taking a look inside. Why is the engine not working? My car won't, you know is stopping and won't start again at the red light. What's happening? Take a look under the hood. You take a look, you get feedback, you get information. And the way that technology is evolving, we're getting greater and greater ability to do that and take a real good look at, okay, so something's off here. Something's out of balance. I'm getting stuck here or here. But when you look at your nervous system through this lens of heart rate variability, you get really clear, number one, on where you're at. Number two, on there are ways that you can absolutely improve that. Now, as your heart rate variability score increases, you are increasing your vitality, your resilience. They have directly correlated heart rate variability with all-cause mortality. In other words, the lower that is, the less resilient and adaptable you're going to be. The higher it is, the more resilient and adaptable you're going to be, your nervous system is going to be. So that's the one side of it. So we're using feedback to create more awareness because once you see that, right, then you realize that you have the power to do something about that. So in my training as a a brain health trainer, we'd look at brain scans, thousands of brain scans, and you're seeing parts of the brain that are overactive, parts of the brain that are underactive. Well, if you can see that and show somebody like, look, this is what's happening. Your frontal lobes are, they're inactive. There's not enough blood flow, not enough activity there. The person's going to say like, oh, wow, that's not ideal. Like, what can I do about that, right? Uh, Daniel Amen calls it brain envy. So you see where your brain is at right now. Well, where do you want your brain to be? Now there's interventions, neurofeedback being one of the primary interventions, physical exercise, you know, cleaning up your diet, taking the right supplements, all those things that we talk about all the time. But again, it's feedback to increase awareness, to empower you to take responsibility for your own health and wellness instead of giving it to somebody else. And this is the 
going back to the psychedelic conversation, I really don't have a point of view or I don't think psychedelics, are, they, they have a tremendous value. And in the right time and in the right setting, it can transform somebody's life. I 100% know that that's true. I, I've seen it, um, it and it can be amazing. But it's the consciousness, right? It's like that something out there, I need something out there to save me, to rescue me. This is where I try to encourage people to just tune into what's happening here. Because if they can connect with the power that they have inside, there's no reason to go outside anymore. And I think that's where we can really connect with a sense of freedom and connect with a sense of safety and security. And again, like you said, Fred, we, we, once we know how to ride the bike, we're not afraid to get on the bike anymore. Right. We have callers. We do. It looks like Tony gave us a second chance. Hey there, Tony. How are you today? Good morning. Very, very good. Uh, appreciate your show, Dr. Harvey. Thank you, Tony. Uh, my question is regarding surgery. Um, I had an L1 to L4 laminectomy, uh, degenerative disc disease, and spinal stenosis. It's the condition. Yes. Um, in the t- I'm in the recovery stage. Uh, knowing, I'd like to know what I can uh, add supplementally to help that. I, I've got a uh, solid uh, Mediterranean diet, and you know, no alcohol or all that bad stuff. So I'm looking for some help on the supplements. Well, Steve, um, let's talk about supplemental consciousness work. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to refer to Dr. Joe Dispenza again here. Um, because if you read his book, if you get into his biography, the reason that he has become Dr. Joe Dispenza we know today is because years ago he was in a triathlon riding his bike and the guy that was supposed to be, you know, controlling traffic uh, missed, missed something. He's waving Joe on, oh, it's clear you can go. And it wasn't clear. He got hit by an, I think it was an elderly woman uh, on a car, in a car and devastating spinal injury. Uh, several of his vertebrae were uh, in, in bad shape. Prognosis was he wasn't going to be able to walk again, etc. Well, he had already been a student of, you know, mind, body medicine, how to, you know, shift your consciousness, your state to increase healing. So he says, well, I guess it's time to actually put this to action. So he did this. He used his consciousness. He used his mind. He used his meditation, slow down the brainwaves and visualize recreating each segment of his spine. So L1, L2, L3, L4, all the way through the thoracic, all the way through. And he would just do it over and over again. He says, you guys, you guys, let's be realistic. It took me a while to develop the ability to focus my mind to yes. do that. Especially that, in the pain. <laughs> exactly. But that's when the shift happened. That's when the you know, miracles started happening in relationship to his body. His physicians didn't understand it. His doctors didn't understand it, but he understood it. And that's when he made this commitment. Well, I, this is my life's work is to show people how powerful their mind is in facilitating this healing process of the body. That's how it all began. So that's my supplemental <laughs> advice. Get the book, understand the story and really commit to doing this type of work because yes, it's there is a learning curve, but once you really kind of past that sweet spot, right? Then you kind of engage in this more flow where the universe starts really supporting you. And again, your body can respond to that new mind, if you will. And and the author is Joel Spencer? Dr. Joe Dispenza, that's correct. And the, and the book is Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That'd be the good book to start with. And you spell that D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. Yeah. What's that? 
That's the name of the author, Dispenza, Joe Dispenza, D-I-S-P-E-N-Z-A. Joe, okay, I got it right now. All right. Great talk, Tony. Thank you. You're welcome. So, Uh, yes, let's move on to uh, Joan. She's been waiting patiently, and after that, it looks like David has given us a second chance as well, bless his heart. Good morning, Joan. Hi, I'm Joanne. Joanne, sorry about um, that. I have a problem that doesn't um, come from within, but now it's taking over my life and I'm suffering. I had a little argument with my daughter and um, her husband, who is a really negative person and tells her what to do and everything and has an alcoholic personality. Mm. I'm sure he was involved, but uh, my daughter said she doesn't want me in her life anymore, so I can't see my grandchildren. And... It's been eating me up, and um, it's only been a month since this happened, but I can't sleep. Uh, I'm suffering. I'm taking two college courses towards my teacher recertification, and I can't concentrate on my work. I, you know, I try to read something, and I just go back into this thing about how I can't see my three- and five-year-old little kid, kiddos. <laughs> mm. And... Um, I'm just wondering how I can get out of myself. I have tried meditation many times in the past, and I always fall asleep. <laughs> I just hmm. can't. It just puts me right to sleep instantly. Matter of fact, when I want to fall asleep at night, I I meditate and I go right to sleep. Um, so I, this is not like a trauma from the outside. I mean, it is a trauma from the outside. It's not a trauma that, you know, something I grew up with or have inside me. Like, I don't have one of those earwigs saying, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But I'm just very hurt. I'm hurting and I'm suffering. And I can't concentrate on anything. And I was wondering if you had any ideas. I am going to read Joe Dispenza's book. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Aside from that, is, is there any way I could get this out out of my head that um, she's going to put in, put out a restraining order on me if I try to meet up with the kids anywhere <clears throat> and stuff like that? I'm being well, attacked. <laughs> sure. So let, let me start here. One of the fundamentals, and, and by the way, Joanne, you're giving us a really good breakdown of what it is to be in a high beta state incoherent high beta state yeah you're noticing the inability to focus that's because the brain is, there's some dissociation there there's some incoherence there um, some disintegration i would say because integration is the foundation of well-being so for you it's going to be key to change your environment because right now you have to get bigger than your environment your environment is continuously giving you cues for threat you're in survival mode And again, when you're in survival mode, it is a sticky place and it's easy to get trapped in there. And I'm working with clients all the time who are stuck in that, you know, survival state. Mm -hmm. Anything and everything that you do from survival state is going to be about survival. And again, brainwaves are going to speed up and things close down. We need things to open up, right? So you have to get bigger in your environment and say, okay, regardless of what's happening in my environment, I need to find a way to slow the brainwaves down into a more coherent state, into a more elevated emotion, because where there is elevated emotion, there is more possibility. 
There is a direct correlation. When you're in survival mode, you're in survival emotions. And there is, there is a perceptual shift where there is less possibilities. There may in all actuality be a lot of possibilities for you, but you're not going to see them because you're in the survival emotions correlated with this high beta state. So you have to find a way to be greater than your environment, to commit to a emotion that's more positive, to commit to gratitude, right? Because again, you can't change anything from survival. You have to be able to slow the brain waves down into a more coherent, right? Mm -hmm. Creative state. And from there you get clear on greater possibilities and how to go forward um, to change the dynamics of your situation. Because human beings, we are incredibly, we're like little fractals. We just keep repeating the same patterns over and over again. Can't tell you how many people I've worked with. They're in an abusive relationship. They leave the relationship only to get into another abusive relationship because that's what they're familiar with. That's what they're comfortable with, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to have the awareness of where we are part of that equation and then slow things down, go beyond your environment so you have different choices available to you. I, I, I am committed to gratification, and I do look for the good in people, And um, but just sl slowing my brain down and, and getting out of my head is just so hard. I don't... You've, you've mentioned that you do, um, you've tried meditation and it's put you to sleep. Have you ever tried guided meditation? No. That might be a tool. One of the most powerful um, uh, frequency lifting meditations I've ever done is Joe Dispenza's um, reconditioning the body to a new mind. It's a joy-filled meditation and it can shift your state from um, sad, worry, fear to joy in an hour. It's pretty amazing. Um, and uh, the way it's done, it's highly unlikely you're going to fall asleep because it's a high power meditation with breathing work and it really lifts you up and that's the whole point and somebody wanted to have clarity again it's joe d-i-s-p-e-n-z-a and it's that one book breaking the habit of body of being yourself he's read several books but that would be the one that would i would start with uh, there's another book evolve your brain uh-huh. Yeah, he actually breaks through towards the end of the book ways that you can go into meditation. But as Dr. Harvey's saying, there are so many different guided meditations, Joe Dispenza and others, who mm -hmm. might resonate for you online, on YouTube. You just have to look, we have so much research, so much conclusive science that tells us how meditation changes our state. So if, if I can't ride that bicycle and I say it's just too hard, every time I get on the bicycle, I fall off. Well, is it the bicycle's fault? You know, people are riding bicycles all over the world. But there's something that I'm stuck with, some perception, some self-doubt, right, that I have to shift to let go of that narrative so that it now becomes a possibility for me because it's just a skill. As you practice any skill, you're going to get better at it. So even if you just start with that intention, and please start in the morning because it sets the tone for your whole day. Your, yes. intention, your intention is to get better and better every day at just slowing down the brainwaves and being present with staying awake while you slow those brainwaves down. Because the body's gonna get really, really relaxed, but if you're identified with your body, right, you're gonna go to sleep with it. But your consciousness stays present, so you're aware of everything that's going on while the body goes in this really, really relaxed state. It is a skill, the more you practice it, the better you're gonna get at it. That's right. Okay. And, and the website 
is drjoedispenza.com. Reconditioning the body to a new mind is an amazing meditation that I think if you access that, you're going to get some help. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. You're so welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you, Joan. Um, we do have David here on the line, and we're down to about the last 10 minutes. So I'm just going to shout out the uh, information one more time. Make Dave wait a second. You're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show on WMNF Tampa. And his intrigue, intriguing, excuse me, the intriguing topic today, I'm finding it great, is frequency and healing with his guest, Steve Comer. And you're invited to give a call. Greg's waiting for you. Give us a jingle at 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you there, David. Hey, sorry about that. I I hung up earlier because a a previous uh, caller had addressed what I wanted to talk about, so... Uh, I wanted to bring up something that you guys keep mentioning over and over again is you're saying that psychedelics are chemicals. And I challenge that notion because I believe that psychedelics are actually food. Like if you take, if you take psilocybin, it's actually a naturally occurring food. In fact, you know, it, it's, it's the, um, the alpha and the omega, if you will, of the, of the entire um, you know, living biology process. So it, it's, to me, it's similar to like taking supplements, if you will. Um, or eating healthy, it's it's food. So um, I just wanted to comment on that. But also, I wanted to ask you about the healing frequency. If you were familiar with that healing frequency, that actually helps you to regenerate um, uh, new cells, new healthy cells. It, it's like a, it's, I think it's like 432 uh, kilohertz or something like that. It's like a low tone that they played. I don't know if you knew anything about that or if you comment on that. Steve, you want to take that? Uh, I think this is right up your wheelhouse, actually. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, um, food is chemicals. That's what it is. Food is manifested energy, and the manifested energy is actually in the form of chemicals. Um, you drink some coffee, you get a stimulation effect from caffeine. That's a chemical. You eat some uh, psilocybin mushrooms, you get um, psilocybin in it, and that causes a, uh, a, a 5-HT2 stimulation, which is a serotonin stimulation that doesn't occur when you eat button mushrooms or, uh, or portobello mushrooms. So the chemicals are extremely important because that's how these things work work. So, you know, you eat um, uh, green leafy vegetables, you get your folic acid. You eat uh, red meat, you get your B12. These are all chemicals. That's the way it works. So, yes, I agree with you that natural chemicals are better than stuffing our body full of pharmaceutical stuff. However, we don't need chemicals other than to survive and thrive, but we can do almost all of this stuff. And here's the place where I think we might get into trouble is people that have severe emotional trauma are stuck in loops that are nearly impossible to break with consciousness. Then take these people that have uh, recidivistic PTSD and break the cycle. You know, nobody really gets better with PTSD. None of the, none of the pharmaceuticals work. They have the evidence that they don't. But when you do five sessions with psilocybin, you break the cycle. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you that natural is better, but it's still a chemical. Okay. 
and healing frequencies there are many and if you do the research online you can look and see that there's all kinds of different ways to do this 432 hertz is a healing frequency 528 hertz is the love heart-centered dna frequency there are many others and you can look uh, on on all kinds of different places for it online you can find uh these frequencies on youtube to listen to and you can do it with headphones to get your binaural beats to get an even better brain stimulation which is the kind of microcurrent stuff steve's talking about in changing the way your brain works also more than just dispensa you can go on youtube and listen to amazing buddhist meditators like pema chodron p-e-m-a-c-h-o-d-r-o-n she just delivers peace in her voice and so does the most amazing man who left our planet this past year uh thich nhat han t-h-i-c-h-n-h-a-t-h-a-n-h his meditations when you listen to his voice it's like bamboo clacking in the wind or uh, uh, water on a tin roof. It's amazingly soothing just to hear his voice because he emanated peace his entire existence on this planet. So do you think, uh, is it in your opinion that this is uh, this, this whole thing that you're talking about is actually a, a lost ancient knowledge, in my opinion? It's, it's something that we did in previous generations, you know, years and years, thousands of years ago, we were, you know, we were privy to this information, but somewhere along our our development, we lost it. Have you heard that uh, theory before? Um, yeah, it, it makes sense. We have actually ignored what the indigenous peoples knew. Um, the Western cultures of separatism, you know, the cultures that use religion to put God outside the body, have caused a devastating amount of damage to our planet um, because they consider us different and separate from the planet. Uh, that's the way we were able to cross oceans, devastate indigenous peoples, rape, torture, and kill them, steal their lands, and then create an industrial complex that's eating the planet. This is the problem of not understanding that it's all within. That's amazing. That's, that's really cool. Um, it's a really good program, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, I've learned a lot. But also, um, I, I hope you guys continue it, and I hope to hear from you guys again. So thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you, David. And we've got about five or six more minutes, so let's go to Susan. She's been waiting for us. Hey there, Susan. Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, and I um, I really appreciate your show. I have called in several times. So with this being a, neurolo a neurologically related uh, topic, I have had multiple scler scler sclerosis for 20, say, 23 years. So um, there has been demyelination. I am not taking a pharmaceutical to, uh, treat the, to treat it at this point. My question is, do you think through the meditation um, that I could remyelinate the damaged areas in my body that my brain is communicating with uh, mostly it's my walking, um, that I could possibly improve my walking. So my answer to that would be yes, I do believe that. I know also Terry Wall has a, a myelination protocol that she's mm -hmm. come up with just recently. Uh, Dr. Fred, you may know more about that than I do at this point, but I would start with the meditation, get really clear on your intention, and then find that elevated emotion that mm -hmm. you would feel if you no longer had the condition. If you can connect with that emotion and that frequency, and that changes the chemistry, this is, this is what I would add to our previous conversation as well, is it's all connected. Mm -hmm. 
right? So if I can have the clear intention of what I want to create, and if I did create that, what would that feel like? Now, can I teach my body to feel that emotion consistently? Now I'm changing the chemistry in my body because I've changed the emotion. I've changed the state. And if I, again, do it consistently, this is the key. This is where we all, all of us humans have a hard time. It's the consistency. Now we're reprogramming and we're getting out of the old ways that our body has been conditioned to trauma into the past, into those old family dynamics, et cetera. Right? So Mm -hmm. feel that practice feeling that teach your body chemically what that emotion would feel like if you no longer had any neurological condition. And Steve is right. Terry Walls, W-A-H-L-S, has a food protocol called the Walls Diet. It's a food pyramid that's mostly plant and fresh meat and avoids eggs, grain, beans, and dairy and all processed foods. Um, Yeah, it's really important to do all of that because uh, consciousness is the way to lead, but it's through consciousness and development of an understanding of the steps that you need to take to get healthy, you can implement all these other things. That's the point. It's like you can't just wish it into being. You must do it. And oh, on that uh, statement, Robin sent us a, <laughs> a, uh, a nice poem talking about being and not doing. Heart and soul, if you sit real quiet and listen real hard, then you will hear your heart tell your soul, what you need to do yeah be first then do yeah so um well thank you for that um encouragement and um and putting it into uh words i have i have um a little bit of um uh, uh, previous encouragement to do the meditation but as far and as far as dr terry walls i have heard two things about her uh diet that um, it it can help or it doesn't really help. And so when you were just listing the foods um, that um, were not good on a diet like eggs, but egg is a protein. Yeah, and, and it's not good for people because the egg protein reacts with the immune system of people with multiple sclerosis and causes more demyelination. So it should be avoided. And that's the key there. I want to thank you for your input. We're down to the wire here. And I wonder if Steve has any last statement for us. I will just end on this point because a lot of what we've been talking about is is taking a step back and seeing how all of these dots connect. We have to go out of analysis into observation to see that it's a systems approach, right? We have to be in the state of observation where we recognize the thought processes, the food. And as you elevate your consciousness, as you elevate your energy, uh, Fred's right on the money, you start to become more aware of what's going to continue to support your growth and evolution. And we become conscious about it. We become intentional about it. So um, you can find Steve's information on the Healthy Steps Show website. I put his information up there so you can contact him in the future. And thank you all. We're going to talk um, gut markers next week, meaningful gut markers with Dr. Cheryl Burdett. All right. Thank you very much there, doctor. And thank you there, Steve. And so until next Monday at 10 o'clock, I want to thank everyone and Greg as well for participating and our listeners and everybody out there. Take care. Stay healthy. You're the greatest. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. 
Coming right on up is 5 Minutes of NPR News, and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. And until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know 